Hello again, Chris Lee and Max Barr from Southeastern 14 here, ready to talk some SEC hoops. We have some big games in the books from this week. we got some games ahead Thursday and Friday. We're going to preview quickly, but as always, a reminder, this show is brought to you by friends at Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. College basketball is here as well. Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B L E A V in caps. Get 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. Well, where we're going to start today, Max, it wasn't the first game played. In fact, it was the last game to start. But it was the game that everybody has circled, Kentucky and Kansas in Vegas on, what was it, Monday night, Tuesday night. Um, Look, I love the way Kentucky looked. I, I know it was not the outcome that people wanted, I know that Kentucky's youth showed up late. I know that the talk of that game was Hunter Dickinson, and for good reason, had the first 20-point, 20-rebound game in some time for Kansas and just was too much for Kentucky to handle with his injury situation in the front court. But my takeaway from this, and you tell me if you disagree, man, when, when these guys are going and when they just grow up a little bit, they are – I mean, they're, they're a handful already. But my goodness, Kentucky showed you a glimpse of what Kentucky is capable of being. And when Kentucky has got it going, I think Kentucky can beat anybody. I thought they're like I thought they were the more athletic team than Kansas. I just think experience in Hunter Dickinson took over in the end. I no, I agree, Chris. I completely agree. And let me just start with what a game. I mean, what a treat to watch that game. That was something special. I just remember after that Kentucky, uh, after that Dillingham run, and just being like, oh, man, college ball's back. Oh, mm-hmm. man, what a game. That was a good one. That was really – I've already gone back and rewatched it. Um, if you told me a few weeks ago that Kentucky would not have Bradshaw, Onyenso, or Ivasich, that DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards would combine one of 18 from the floor and only six points – Reeves would go three for 17 from three and Kentucky would cover and Kansas would need a second half come from behind victory behind a career night from their point guard. I would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Kentucky? They played that well. Like, wow. Wow. I, I cannot say enough good things about Kentucky. I actually have a do Thiero in all caps on my notes just because of how good of a game he played. The, the fit, he is physical. Oh, my gosh, is he physical. I loved what he did in the low post. Um, I mean, just what a game. You're. I'll say this. Kansas is not the number one team in the country. I've been, I was saying that a lot this offseason. I don't think they're number one. They're a great team, but they have no depth. I mean, they got like five, they got like five guys. They got to play the whole game. They don't really have much shooting at all. So I don't think Kansas is number one. But, man, how about Kentucky's effort, Chris? I mean, that's just yeah. something in its own is that fight. I mean, this is a team that wants it, man. 
I think another thing that stood out is look three point shooting. The Kentucky's teams lately have have not lit the world on fire in that regard. But you had Dillingham just couldn't miss for a while. He scores couldn't 18 miss. points in 16 minutes. Uh, they end up going 12 of 38. They cooled off. I think they'll have better shooting nights than that. Um, Antonio Reeves had a bad night for Antonio Reeves. I mean, if Antonio Reeves is something better than than three of 17 from three, we're t- probably talking about a different outcome. Yep. But it's just kind of back to what you said. They, they left so much on the table. Yeah. what they are capable of doing between individual performances and the injury issues that, that I don't know how you could leave this game not excited about the possibilities for Kentucky this year. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And, hey, Reed Shepard leads the SEC in, in plus-minus right now. Mm-hmm. He, he's currently the most efficient player in the SEC. I mean, we're only a few games in, but, man, he looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any parting thoughts on Kentucky before we move on to, to Tennessee? Because I know you you mentioned best team in the country. I know your opinion is that's the Vols, and, and they've certainly looked apart too. Yeah, they have. I mean, one thing I'll say about Kentucky is they played a really good rebounding team in Kansas with Dickinson, Adams, and then McCullough is a great rebounder uh-huh. at the three. McCullough is a really solid player, well-rounded. Uh, and Kentucky only lost the rebounding battle by three. I mean, they held their yeah. own on the boards. Physicality, uh, you know, man, I'm just – I'm walking away very impressed with, with Kentucky. Tennessee beats Wofford 81-62. Uh, I think we are all in love with the, the team that Rick's, Rick Barnes has put together. Dalton Connect again. A talking point after this one, he goes for 18, leads them in scoring. Uh, Tennessee kind of – well, I shouldn't say clears the bench. A lot of guys that played just played a few minutes here. But Jordan Ganey gives them 16. So, again, this is the team that we knew all the reasons to like what they had returning. And then I think with Ganey and Connect just continues to add that dimension that Tennessee has been lacking. Yeah, and Chris, Connect has not been shooting the ball that well for his career numbers. Like, yeah. he's due for some – for some increase in his shooting percentage. So he's only going to get better. One thing to note about Tennessee, though, is backup point guard. Well, it might be backup, backup point guard behind Ganey and Ziegler. But Freddie DeLeon um, out right now with a with a foot injury. Uh, Rick Barnes said that he's been dealing with some sort of, like, plantar fasciitis, like pain in, like, the arches of his feet he's been dealing with. He's been playing through some some foot pain. And now he's in a boot. He's going to have an MRI. He had an MRI on his foot uh, yesterday morning. So Dillion, a little bit of injury. But, I mean, they've got the depth to be able to withstand that. Um, yeah. With how Jordan, Jordan Ganey has looked. Jordan Gady, um, he's looked better than Ziegler. I know Ziegler's coming back from the injury and, you know, ease Ziegler in. But, man, Ganey looks really good when he's out there. Um, a 30-and-a-half point spread's a lot to cover for any team. And Wofford has a, has a good program. So, I'm not too worried that they didn't cover. Um, Tennessee just, yep, keeps rolling. Vanderbilt beats North Carolina Greensboro 74-70, led by 18 in the second half. Darn near blew it. Um, Ezra Magnone just kept giving them answers at every turn. Um, I mean, if not for him, this team's probably 1-2, and two, maybe 0-3 and three at this point. Uh, which which does not bode well for Vanderbilt, which is still playing without Tyron Lawrence, Ben Allen Lubin, Lee Dort. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, Jerry Stackhouse's typical s- slow start. I mean, but if you're Vanity, you just you're just happy you won because that that almost went the other way. No, yeah, you, that's that's well said. You're happy you're one. I my my first note on on Vandy is finding a way to win without your best guys. That's what they're doing right now. All right, and that's all I'm gonna be. That's all I'm gonna be able to take from this team because of how much Lawrence Lubin and Dort are gonna add to this team. Um, so I mean, the spread was one. It was supposed to be a close game. I know it's UNC Greensboro, but. That's what, you know, that's how this game was looking to shake out. And Vanderbilt looked good for a while. Um, Colin Smith with a double-double. I believe that's his first of his career. So, so. On, on his way to his, on his way with his breakout. So, I mean, yeah, Ezra Manion looking good. Colin Smith looking good. They're finding a way to win. Uh, what else could you ask of these guys right now? Texas A&M knocks off SMU 79-66. Boots Radford leads him with 21 points. AM wins a game over a pretty decent SMU program without too much trouble. But I think that the thing that stands out to me, Henry Coleman III goes for 13 and 15. And I'm going to check that the the line here, but I, I think that's the second straight. Yeah, he he went for 20 and 11 at Ohio State uh, after a, a very underwhelming opener in which he goes for one point and eight rebounds. But Henry Coleman III, remember, he transferred from Duke where he was a highly sought recruit. I mean, if he's – we were high on the same team anyway, but if Henry Coleman III is taking his game up a notch, that makes him even tougher. Yeah. Uh, one of the main reasons I was so worried when Marble – when the whole Marble situation happened was because I was like, that was their back-to-the-basket scoring option. You know, they would really work out of that – that post with Marble back to the basket, the pick and roll game with Wade Taylor and everything. And I was like, I don't know if Henry Coleman's going to fit that game that Marble would, would do. Oh my gosh, has he, he looks great. He looks really good. And then my other question was who's going to fill in for Dexter Dennis, you know, who's going to fill in that wing role. He was so good for them. Well, Jace Carter looked like he might've been taking a step in that direction against SMU. Nice little 10 point game. He looked pretty good. Um, And then, since Henry Coleman has taken that role of Julius Marble, Anderson Garcia has taken what Henry Coleman was doing last year, that power forward, great rebounder, good defender from the four position. So I was a little bit worried about how this team would fill in the holes of Marble and Dennis. Man, I mean, they look pretty good right now, and they've got a big next two weeks. They've got Penn State, and they got to go to a good Virginia squad. So, hey, this, this team's got to – Got a big few weeks ahead of them, and they look good right now. Max, we've called out Alabama for the defense a little bit. We thought Alabama would be a good offensive team. Ooh. It was. It gets 102 points, but it holds South Alabama to 46. And I know South Alabama is a little bit down by South Alabama standards, but, you know, they got Sam Walters in on the action. He gets 16 points in 16 minutes. They got to play a lot of guys, and holding a team to 46 points was was a step in the right direction for Alabama. This is definitely what I wanted to see. I watched this entire game, and I've watched it back again once. Uh, this team's 3-0 and against the spread. They've outperformed every single game. Um, one of The big story of this game was South Alabama was 5 of 29 from 3. They added the, the, the rim was closed up on them. Um, in the front, court, the front court, guys for Alabama stepped up. You mentioned Walters. He had 16. That kid can shoot the rock. 
Um, and Nate Oates actually said in the in the post game that he was impressed with Walter's defense. Thought he had a much better defensive game. Um, and I think that's big for the momentum coming into this next two weeks here, where they got to play uh, Ohio State and then a good Clemson squad, a really good Clemson squad. Um, and so I actually tweeted yesterday. I said I'm interested to see how the front court shakes out underneath Grant Nelson. Like, who are the guys when the competition steps up? Is it gonna be, you know, Nelson and Pringle most of the time? Is it gonna be Stevenson with a little bit of Walters? You know, they've got Waggy also. So like, I'm interested to see who's gonna be the who the front court guys are gonna be, or if it's always just gonna be a conglomerate. I'm not really sure. But man, Sears and Estrada look incredible right now. Florida 89, Florida A&M 68. Uh, Florida A&M is probably a top 20-ish Ken Palm team in the country, so I want to be careful to to make big sweeping conclusions from this one. But uh, Will Richard was good, gives him 20 points. He's one of the more efficient scorers in the league. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to, to take away from this one here. Well, Chris, if you look at this box score, there's a few things that jump out to you. I mean, the free throw discrepancy in this game was insane. Florida wow. shot. Yeah. Florida shot 35 free throws. AM shot six. I mean, oh, I talk about two different play styles. This Florida team attacks. Uh, they have the 30th fastest pace of play per Ken Palm right now through three games. So they are pushing the floor. All those guards um, get out and run and they get Zion pulling back. So I'm not really taking much away from this game. I'm just, I am so excited to see what pulling adds to this backcourt. Uh, Debut is, uh, I believe, Friday against Florida State. So, very excited for that game. All right. We've got Mississippi State, 81, North Alabama, which I can't remember how long they've been in Division One for basketball. I know they're joining in football, I think, next year. Uh, and then I think they're there in baseball or joining this year, too. Um, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State is in this one, 7 of 26 on three-pointers. So, a little bit of pullback there. Uh, what, are, what are we taking away from this one? Well, you, you can't take away much. This is one of the other 3-0 and against the spread teams in the SEC. So they've just – they've outperformed every every time they've stepped on the court. I have written down in my notes here, I have Bully Ball University written down because that's how I think this team plays. I mean, they just they just bully you. Um, big game on Saturday. They go 2-0 Washington State team. So – uh, road test here uh, coming up for Mississippi State. We'll get a good look at them. Um, but, hey, Ken Palm has this team going undefeated into mid-January until conference play starts. They have this team going like 12-0 and to start. So big game here on Saturday. Uh, I just, I'm just looking for Trey Fort and Josh Hubbard if, that's, if they're going to continue to do what they do. You know, they've, they've been pretty much the two primary scorers so far through three games. Okay, I'm officially concerned about Ole Miss. Um, oh. Detroit Mercy, pre, well, yeah, I mean, I did this just in. Um, preseason 289 in the country was Detroit Mercy. Ole Miss wins that one, 70-69. Jamal Murray has, what, 22 points in this one. Matt Morrell goes for 17. Um, yeah, I, I just get, got a lot of questions about this team offensively. The Rebels undefeated. <laughs> man it is uh it, it's tough out there in, in oxford right now um out rebounded by detroit mercy 
gosh, I mean, that is, that's not going to fly. You got to rebound the ball better than that. Um, Jamin Brakefield has not been, not been good. Uh, he's second worst in the SEC right now in plus minus. So he is, he's just, he's having a tough start to the year. And that's definitely dragging this team down a bit. Cause I was, I was really expecting a breakout from him. He averaged like 13 a game uh, conference play last year. So he's, he's, Brakefield's been down. Um, and then Jamarian Sharp just doesn't add too much offensively. His team, I mean, if you watched this game, it was like, it looked like Chris Beard was just basically, if like, if you went into Chris Beard's mind, it was like, I don't know what starting five to play. I'm just going to play every combination of guys I have and let's see which one's the best. That's what it felt like he was doing. I mean, we had a stretch of play where Alan Flanagan was playing center. Ooh. Like, it, it was just, there was no cohesion. He, I feel like he has no clue uh, really what the best five is right now, and he's just kind of trying to figure it out. And until they figure it out, games are going to look like this. It's it's going to be like pretty close rock fight, ugly basketball for, for until far, further notice, basically. All right, we got some games to look ahead of. I'll go in order of tip-off. This one Thursday at, at 3 Central. Um, LSU is hosting – I'm sorry, that's not hosting Dayton. That's in the Charleston Classic in yep. Charleston, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, LSU last time out gets beat with two seconds left by Nichols. Awful loss. Dayton, a team that is in just about everybody's bracket that I've looked up, although it's going to be a get-in-as-an-11-seat type team. LSU really needs a bounce back after that Nichols game, so this is an opportunity. Well, hey, this is not this is a great opportunity because both teams are without their point guard. Uh, Malachi Smith went down for Dayton; he's out for the year, and obviously, Jalen Cook has not been cleared uh, with his NCAA waiver. So both teams down their point guard. So you can kind of even that battle out right there. Um, the line opened up as a pick'em. Vegas thinks this is a toss-up, 50-50. That's kind of how I see it, too. Um, 4 p.m. tip, uh, they're going to play the winner of St. John's or North Texas, so two quality opponents also. This is a good opportunity for LSU to pick up a few quality wins. Uh, they got to take advantage of this. I got it. Missouri going to Minnesota. Game tips off 8 Central on the Big Ten Network. The Missouri Tigers have been a disappointing team the last three halves of basketball. But we, we love Dennis Gates. we got a lot of faith in him. This is a chance to have a get-right game on the road. Minnesota was 1-12 preseason in Ken Palm. So this is one that is certainly winnable. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a winnable game. Another game that opened up right at a pick'em. Uh, I think it was Missouri minus one, maybe. So another, you know, coin flip game. Um, I'm personally on the over, right? I think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. Minnesota currently second in the country in free throws attempted. A lot of that's because of big man uh, Dawson Garcia. So I'm interested to see how Missouri deals with him uh, in the front courts. Vanover's first game back. So fascinated with his, you, you know, how's the rotation? Is he going to step right in and play big minutes? Or are they kind of? kind of ease him in. We're going to see more of Aiden Shaw and small ball Noah Carter. So just, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how Gates goes about this game because I think it's going to be very fast paced um, and they're going to need some front court help against big man Garcia because Minnesota's got a good one in him. All right. Last one on Thursday, uh, also at the same time, 8 Central on ESPN2, Auburn and Notre Dame. 
That is going to be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Notre Dame, I think, preseason 165 in Ken Palm. Auburn's looked solid so far. I know they had a disappointing loss to Baylor, but uh, this this is another one that that I had seen SEC team winning. Uh, well, I, I should just say another one. I, I think this this to me looks like the most lopsided matchup of the three on on Thursday. Yeah, that would be a good way to put it. Um, throw what you're going to see here now with with college basketball and the transfer portal is a lot of these you know very name brand colleges you know, some of them are just not going to have what they what they normally have. And, and Notre Dame's one of those teams. Um, this is one of one of the worst high major teams in college basketball this year in Notre Dame. Uh, they just got pretty handily beat. Um, I think it was Western Carolina. Um, and Western Carolina was like in control the whole game. Um, they play a lot of freshmen. They only play like seven, eight guys. Um, so Auburn should, should. Um, be able to wear down this this Notre Dame team. Um, the front court depth should come in very handily. I expect a big game out of Dylan Cardwell. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm excited for Auburn. This should be a great opportunity to get a win over a name brand school um, that's kind of having a down year and just kind of get your mojo back. It's in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You know, prime time game, 9 p.m. ESPN two. This is a good opportunity for Auburn. They got to take advantage of this. Okay, uh, Friday games. Kicking off Georgia. things, Georgia, which I don't know why Georgia keeps playing these mid-afternoon games on weekdays. Uh, weird, but uh, they're going to play Miami, two thirty Eastern on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, the, in Nassau, Bahamas, I, I really am looking forward to seeing how Georgia responds. They've been getting a little better under Mike White after that loss to Oregon, which I was not impressed with what I saw there. But this Miami team, number 12 in the country, will play Kentucky next week, by the way. We'll get the Cats again in just a minute. But what are you looking for here, Max? So what I'm looking for in this one, uh, the guards are going to be able to have their freedom to, to play. You know, Thomason, Demery, a little bit of Blue Kane, uh, Abdur Rahim, they'll be able to play. What I'm looking for, and they'll be able to play, I'm talking about the pace of the game. Miami, Miami likes to get up and down and run a little bit. Rebounding is what I'm, I'm looking for here with Georgia. Nor, Norchad O'Meara is one of the best rebounders in the country. Right now I'm thinking, let's see, yeah, 11. 11 rebounds per game. He's had double-digit rebounds in, in the first three games for Miami. How does Russell Chewa and uh, Deloach and those big men, how do they rebound against O'Meara and Matthew Cleveland? If they can hang, Georgia will have a chance. If O'Meara puts up 15 rebounds just like Dante did, I'm having flashbacks, Chris. I'm having flashbacks yeah. to Oregon. Oof. If it's like, if it's anything like that, could get a little ugly. The the big men are going to have to help hold their own in this one. Okay, two more that tip off six central. Um, actually, several more. You, you've got three here. I think there's only one that's really worth going into. Stonehill and Kentucky, Central Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Both Stonehill and Central Arkansas are, are teams that are one of the three hundreds. In, in Kim Palm preseason. Uh, look, Vanderbilt's already lost to one team in that range, so you never know. But I, I said we just kind of skip over those and just mention them as, as games that are happening Friday night. Florida yep. State and Florida. Uh, Florida State, not one of its better teams, but it is a rivalry game and, and a chance here for Florida to, to get to three and one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is going to be a heated game. The intensity is going to be high. Uh, you know, kind of not a not a home opener for 
for Florida, but kind of a home opener in the sense that it's the first big game where the, the stadium's going to, you know, this is going to have to be a good performance out of the guards because Florida State has trees. Man, they've got some tall guys. And this Florida team likes to attack. We just saw how many free throws they drew. So what I'm looking for in this one is how do those guards attack the big men of Florida State? Florida State's been down a few years, but, I mean, they still got that coach, Leonard Hamilton. Yeah, He still, he still knows how to coach, man. They got Darren Green who can really knock down some threes. And those guys are going to be up. You know, this is one of those games, this is one of those early conference games where the intensity is going to be much higher than the other games they've played. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I know Florida State's been down a little bit, but I'm excited for this one. All right, next up, we've got at 7th Central, 8 Eastern, Arkansas, UNC Greensboro. We've got Mercer, Alabama. We've got Oral Roberts, Texas A&M, all in that time slot. Um, I think Mercer, Alabama, I don't see that one being that interesting. So we're going to kind of blow over that one unless you've got some ideas there. UNC Greensboro and Arkansas. I, I don't think Greensboro is going to come in and upset Arkansas, but we just mentioned – them almost knocking off Vanderbilt and Nashville earlier in the week. UNC Greensboro's got two guards that are both fifth-year seniors. They're twins, and they've both been at UNCG for five years. They've got some veterans in that team. I don't think, again, they're going to go in and beat Arkansas, but this is a team that is loaded with veterans and guards who can score, and Arkansas better be ready from the jump. Um, or this could be interesting for a little bit if they're not. Yeah, real quick, I'll touch on Alabama Mercer. Um, they do it because they have a common opponent, believe it or not. Um, Mercer lost to Moorhead State by eight, and uh, Alabama beat the brakes off Moorhead State. So that just to put a little put that into uh, perspective for what Alabama should do to Mercer. Um, UNCG Arkansas. Now this is why I'm not worried about Arkansas because you know how teams get into different spots, let down spots, look ahead yeah. spots, whatever. This is a bounce-back spot for Arkansas. Even though they won by 20 last time out, Muss, as we stated in the last show, Muss was not happy with that performance. So I think I think Arkansas is going to come out here with with some energy uh, and try to and try to have a good, just a good, clean product here um, because that's what Muss is. is I, I guarantee practice this week has not been light. I'll put it that way. Oral Robertson, A&M, I mean, ORU has done some things in the past. This team comes in at one and two. Uh, Isaac McBride, their, their leading scorer, he spent some time at Vanderbilt. Um, what, what have you got here? ORU was preseason 194 in Ken Palm, so this is not the same kind of bunch. Of course, they lost Max Asmus, um, you know, who was the guy that that led those great NCAA tournament upsets and all that. Um this one looks like a, a route on paper. Yeah, this one's going to get ugly. Um, Oral Roberts, their starting five is six seven. Like, they don't have any height. And if there's one team you need bodies and height against, it's either Texas A&M or Mississippi State, I would say. Like, those teams are going to bully you on the boards. If you don't have height and strength, expect another Henry Coleman feast, um, Anderson Garcia feast, uh Texas A&M should, should impose their physicality pretty easily here. 
Sam Houston at Ole Miss. I, I think nothing's a given for Ole Miss at this point. Sam Houston, not a bad ball club, although it is one and three, one and two coming in, or at least expected not to be bad preseason. Um, yeah, your thoughts here, and then we'll get to DePaul in South Carolina to wrap it up. From here on out, until further notice with Ole Miss, expect a rock fight. Expect an ugly rock fight. That's how it's going to – until – until Chris Beard figures out this rotation and, and, and what the offense is going to look like and this rebounding, expect a close rock fight. That's just what every game's going to look like. All right, last one to Paul in South Carolina. That tipping off 1030 Central uh, in Glendale, Arizona. The Arizona tip-off. Um, South Carolina's looked pretty good so far. Uh, and to Paul, to, to me, another game I think the Gamecocks should win. Oh, yeah. Nice little spot here for, for South Carolina. I don't know how many people will be awake to watch it. I will because I'm a psycho. But 11.30 p.m. Eastern tip is crazy. Like, that's Hawaii talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, DePaul lost to Fort Wayne in Long Beach State um, and then just had to scrape by through South Dakota. So, yeah, looking for South Carolina to impress here. All right, we'll be back with more SEC Hoops content soon as, as these wrap up. Um, yeah, college football is going to take the stage this weekend, uh, and rightfully so. But it's it's getting really interesting. We've got Thanksgiving tournaments coming next week, Max. Can't wait to to preview some of those and, and wrap up some of the games we see as, as we're getting into to fun times for college hoops. Preseason tournaments are one of my favorite times of college basketball. Yeah. Maui Jamaui. I mean, I love these things. This is this is a fun time. Get some sleep, my man. <laughs> never. never, never. Exactly. I, I knew what I was Frosting. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Uh, thank you guys for watching. God bless everybody. Have a great day. We appreciate you watching Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.